0: you are listening to talking home renovations with a house maven is it time to renovate your house but you're worried that you don't really know what you're doing this is an educational and entertaining podcast that will ease your fears or maybe you just love hearing about home renovations like i do i am your host catherine mcphail I am an architect. I practice in eastern Massachusetts. On the show, I interview other architects, vendors, contractors, and homeowners to gather tips and stories about home renovations, learn about materials, systems, sustainable practices, what to expect, what to avoid, and how to make the most of the money that you'll spend on your renovation. This episode is a renovation story, and my guest today is Jake Flitton. He's an architect from East Aurora, New York. He and his family bought an old farmhouse that they have been restoring together and this is their story.
1: Hi Jake. Hi Katherine.
0: Thanks for coming on. I can't wait to hear about your house. What is it that you call your house?
1: So we call our house the Aging Pines Homestead. Aging
0: um, Pi- is the homestead aging or are the pines aging?
1: Uh, a little bit of both, I think. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> okay.
1: And so, yeah, we've got so we've got it's it's not a huge piece of property, but it's you know, it's uh it was historically, based on what I can tell. Um we only have about two acres that the house is on, just under two acres. But the the driveway, the house sits back from the road quite a bit and the driveway's lined with old pine trees, probably hundred, hundred and fifty feet high. You know, they're pretty mm. tall. Um beautiful, beautiful driveway, dirt driveway, but it's got concrete curbs. So it's you know, it's meant to be a driveway. Wow. And the pine trees They're, they're pretty old. A couple of them we've had taken down just due to age. Um, But at the same time, that's, so that's where the name comes from is those, those aging pines pulling up the driveway. But the driveway, honestly, before we even walked into the house, the driveway um, won my wife over. She said, let's get the house. And and, she didn't have to walk in. She didn't even have to walk in. She saw the driveway and said, let's get it. And, you know, we did get it eventually, but yeah. So what's so,
0: what's the house itself like?
1: So it's it's a I classify it as a as an old farmhouse, um, but I don't know if that's officially what it is. Um, if uh, looking looking at it now and, and knowing understanding what it is, it's an old farmhouse that's been added onto about three or four times, is my guess. Okay, and and some of the some of the additions are pretty obvious from the outside. Um, and so you can kind of gather what's been done to it, but as I, as I've worked through some of the things doing, doing remodeling renovations, we've discovered more, more work's been done to it than initially we thought. So how, um, how old is it? That's, that's the interesting part. So according to our tax records, um, the date of the house, it was built in 1930. However, um, when i was first when we first bought the house i was working on the house one summer had the windows the doors open my boys were outside playing they were younger um and all of a sudden I heard an adult voice in the yard and i was like wait a minute we're off in the trees this is strange what's going on yeah so i walked out to see what was happening and and it was a lady very polite very nice and she apologized right off the bat she said i know i'm trespassing i know i'm i'm not supposed to be here but my grandfather owned this house in the 20s. Hmm. And and I said I actually said my my grandfather owned the house when he was mayor of Buffalo. Oh wow. And I said, "Wait, wait, wait, wait. So you've got me intrigued all of a sudden. So hmm. he was mayor of Buffalo and he owned this house." And she said, "Yeah, he was mayor of Buffalo between 1920 and 1928, I think it was." And I said, "Well, that's strange because the tax records say it was built in 1930, but he owned it. She's like, yes, he owned it. My mother has pictures of the house in the 20s that I've seen. Hmm. These pine trees lining the driveway were, were much smaller. And evidently it was the mayor's, it was his house, but it was his summer cottage. So he lived in Buffalo. We're about 30, 30 minutes out outside of Buffalo, south of Buffalo. Hmm. And so it was a summer cottage that he owned, um... In the twenties and I, I gathered the information, his name and everything. Based on all the historical information I can find, her story checks out. So this guy was the mayor of Buffalo, um, owned the house and during that time frame. So um so we know at least it's nineteen twenty. Um and then I have seen some historical uh maps and documents that date something on the property where the house sits, back to as as early as about 1900, um, so I don't really know how old the house is.
0: <laughs> okay, was it a farm? Was it an actual farmhouse? Was there a farm along with it? I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, so there was there was a farm. From what I can tell, it was about 30 acres, is my guess. That was associated with the house originally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We've got a we've got a creek that kind of wraps around, and I think they've slowly over time parceled off pieces of property. Too, as the farm either, as the, the owners either got older or whatever, they, they slowly parceled things off down to what's left to, that we that we bought the house on.
0: Do you know what kind of crops they originally grew? What kind of, what people grow I, out there?
1: I don't really know, actually. So hmm. looking at it, there's there's some, there's a number of Christmas tree farms around that it could be that, but there's a number of just hay fields and, and things. So it could be, really could be anything.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, So how long ago did you buy the house?
1: So we've only been in the house about five, we, I guess, six, six years ago, we bought it five years. We've been in it.
0: And was there a lot of work that needed to be done?
1: Yes, there, (laughs) there there is, and there was, and there still is. So we bought the house as a, as is, we bought it through a, um, and this is some information that might be helpful for some people is, uh, through a two Oh three K, loan, a rehab type loan. Hmm. Um so the property is sold as is, understanding that that we had a certain amount of finances to uh repair the house to put bring it up to livable condition.
0: Okay. Um, so it wasn't very livable when you bought it?
1: No, it wasn't. And so we so we had to do we had to meet certain qualifications from the bank. So essentially we had our purchase price with a two oh with three K loan you have a purchase price and then an inspector comes in and he outlines the, the minimum requirements that need to be met for the property to be safe and inhabitable. And then we use that, that checklist basically to go to contractors. They give us a price for that scope of work. And then our, our loan, our 203k loan is based on the purchase price plus that rehab cost. Okay that we've generated with the contractors and the, and the inspectors list. And then at that point we have a, the, the bank requires, then the bank, you know, processes, everything finances, and they, they give a certain time frame that things have to be completed in to meet the list. Um, and so once they, once we meet the, the criteria on the list, I think it was a calendar year, I think 12 months we had to, to complete that work on that list. Then once we complete that list, anything we can do more more work past there. It's just up to us, and there's no time frame. Um, but the the bank has fully financed us at that point.
0: So the two hundred three K loan, that's a government. Is that a government program? Or I don't.
1: I'm not sure. I think it might be, but it's it's similar to, you know, they. I'm drawing a blank here on the other, the other type, Fannie Mae, just, it's just another type of loan that you can do Mm. to, to finance a whole, a house.
0: Okay. Well, that's interesting. So you got that and you had your list of what you had to do before you could move in, I would guess, right?
1: Right. Right. And so we had to, so even, even at that point when we bought the house as is, we didn't know the state of. It's on a, it's on a well system and a septic system. And we didn't know the state of those at this point when we, when we purchased the house. So I guess before we even had the list from the inspector, we had to, I guess that's another aspect to our story is that there was another, the house came on the market. We found it through our realtor. And she said, here's, here's the house that I think you want. You know, she'd been searching for us for a number of years. And she's like, let's put together an offer. We put together an offer. And as she submitted, uh, she told me just, hours before that another offer had gone in and unfortunately at that time that other offer was accepted from the sellers and so they accepted that offer Um, we were a little devastated Mm -hmm. Uh, and then two weeks later I got a call from my or a week later I got a call from my realtor that said I know some information, inside information, so to speak, Um, I've heard through some rumblings that they're not happy with the house because of the well and the septic system are completely unknown and the buyer does not want to purchase, you know, that's tens of thousands of dollars right there that were completely unknown if they needed to bring into the the financing the house or not. Right. And so their argument with the seller was that the seller need to make some provisions to provide some money, either in escrow to, to make that work. And eventually there was back and forth with that. And eventually that, that buyer backed out because that money was not included in the, in the purchase. And Mm. so at that point, the sellers um, realized that they needed to make some allowances for it. So they put money in escrow for a new well and a new septic system. And then put it back on the market, so to speak. And at that point, my realtor called and said, Okay, this is what's happening. It has fallen through. They've changed this thing. And I said, Oh, that's great news. Can you put in an offer for us? And and being the the wonderful realtor she is, she said, I already put one in about an hour ago. And so, (laughs) uh, so, you know, a couple days later come by and and we were accepted. And and it actually the realtor told me later, she said I, I talked to the seller, spoke to them and and they mentioned that they wanted the, the house to not be sold to somebody who's looking to flip the home to a, a family that wants to stay there. And she said, well, this is the case. And as a byproduct, he is an architect and he's looking to do a lot of the work and bring it up to, you know, standards that, that he would want. So, so I think my profession actually helped being an architect actually helped us get into the house
0: well it helps us and it kind of hurts us doesn't it
1: <laughs> it does but, it does um
0: yeah but i think that people like the idea of their house being taken care of after they you know whoever they sell it to i think i right. I, had a, I had a similar thing with mine i wrote this big long letter about how i was going to take care of the house and and i, I think it just we we were not the top bidders i think we were like the fourth from the top there were like six mm-hmm. at the same time but we got it and i think it was probably because of my letter
1: that's good that's yeah. nice yeah so yeah. Um,
0: there's a little tip. Just always write a letter about right. how much you love the house and what your plans are for the house. And, I mean, they're kind of like, oh, we've said this before on other episodes, but people's houses end up being really kind of almost like a member of the family, you know, so yes. it's hard, it's hard yeah. to let them go. But
1: Right, right. And and, and that's the, the the lady that I referenced before this, stopped by the the um, granddaughter of the mayor of Buffalo, on well, the house when she walked around the property. You could tell it was a very... I I don't know if I dare say it but a spiritual experience for her. She mm. was trying to connect. It was her connection to her grandfather. Really as she yeah. walked around the property and and she was very happy to see that it was going to another family and 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 that she was proud that her grandfather could kind of give that to us so to speak. Um, yeah.
0: Well see was was her family the ones who sold it to you?
1: She was not actually, mm. uh, which which seemed a little interesting. Um there's a little disconnection between her family and us, but Uh, that connection for her was still there.
0: All right. So tell me about what you've, what improvements have you made?
1: So, so when we, when we bought the house, we, um, it was vacant because of the, the as is situation, the house sat vacant. And that's the part of the story is we don't know how long it was vacant. Hmm. Um, we've heard as little as a year, we've heard as much as 10 years. I I don't really know. Um,
0: Jeez. Yeah, that's a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and so being being up in the woods, um from from what I can gather, from what I've been told is that the house sat vacant. Um the closest family to the the owner lived uh 3 hours away, 3 hour drive away. Mm. And so they came to check out the property, and at that point, they'd realized that there were broken windows and things, and raccoons had gotten in, and a number of uh, possums and things had had started to chew up the house, and so they decided to sell the house um, before it lost all value, and, and that's where we wisely or stupidly, however you want to look at that, came in and mm-hmm. scooped up the house. Um, <laughs> right. Right. But, so, at that point we needed we needed a new roof we put on a new roof uh complete electrical system um brand new plumbing system and luckily we have the so we have a a boiler system, so the old the old radiators are still intact and and functioning The boiler is fairly new or newer i should say, mm. so we didn't have to do anything there but um the other systems we we replaced completely so and a new roof, and then and then cosmetic from there,
0: okay. if you could argue that. so Well, you mean like the possum chew marks and things like that?
1: <laughs> yes, yes, possum chew marks, <laughs> raccoon, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: squirrels, yeah, there was.
0: <laughs> you know what's funny about that, Jake, is that I feel like other architect friends that I've talked to, we all have this idea of adopting, or a lot of us have this idea of adopting a house, like this house needs me. Like you see this house that has been inhabited by wildlife and broken windows and maybe the porch is falling in or whatever it is and mm-hmm. then i don't know it kind of tugs on my heartstrings i think like i can help i can help this house and also nobody else is going to want it so i should be able to i should be able to get it my offer should be accepted so anyway i don't know i always i'm a, I'm a sucker for a um a dilapidated house i guess
1: <laughs> i think we all are yeah i, think, I think, it's, think we are i think it's part of i don't know if it's the the inherent nature and in making things better that architects have, or if it's just, you know, history, I, I don't know, or a combination of everything. I don't know what it is, but. I don't either. Yeah. But anyway,
0: we're kind of, that's the way we are. Okay. So then, <laughs> yep. so what have you, what have you learned from this whole experience?
1: So, so my, my, so we've done this, we've done this renovation really as a, as a family, um, you know, my wife and and kids, we've got three kids and, and they have all been involved in demolition, reconstruction. um, And we've all learned things as we go, but, but it's been, as a family, we're tearing out walls and rebuilding walls and painting. And, and so it's not necessarily a, let's hire a contractor and, and let them, you know, put it back together the way we'd like. It's, it's a family, it's, it's our house and, and, and we're all putting in the sweat equity, so to speak. And mm. I think, I think it's, I think it's really helped us um, not only grow closer together, but realize that working with our hands can be um, beneficial for everybody more than just the product that comes from working with our hands.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: how old so, are, how old are your kids now?
1: So, Three of them, the, the oldest is 19, the youngest is nine at Mm. the moment. Um, so, yeah, so so, they're old enough to help in a meaningful way. Yeah, exactly. You know, when, when we first bought it, um, demo day was, was quite fun for the, he was, he was four and five at that time, but, you know, we, we kind of had to mark the walls with a hammer or with a, with a paint to know the, which one were coming out. So he wouldn't run around randomly just (laughs) knocking out walls that didn't need to be knocked out. But.
0: Yeah, I can see how that might get out of hand with a but, kid knocking yeah, down walls. Yeah. But that would be a lot of fun. Okay, so um, what are your plans for the house or what, what, are, a couple, what are a couple lessons?
1: So I, I think a couple lessons are to um, be, be careful. And I can tell you a story after I say this. Be careful what you're tearing out and getting rid of. Mm. Um, because there may be some history behind it that you're not aware of. Um, now obviously there's, there's a line between becoming a a hoarder, a junk collector and, Hmm. you know, and salvage. Wait, is there? I don't know. (laughs) But, but having said all of that is on, on the back half of our house, um, is a crawl space. One of the, the obvious additions, um, is a crawl space. And in that crawl space we had, I would, I would estimate, we probably had a, a, and completely covered. The crawl space was completely covered with broken glass bottles, jars. Hmm. So probably about an inch, two inches thick of just glass everywhere. Wow. There was a lot of it. Why? And I I could not figure it out. For the life of me, I could not figure it out. I thought for whatever reason, the the old original person, the old man had a drinking problem and he hid the, the bottles from his wife in the crawl space. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Right. Um, but that's it's the only... It was only a, reasonable story I could come up with.
0: Was it all broken though? You said
1: it was. So just it,
0: threw it in there. Did he shoot them? Because I had the guy who owned my house used to shoot bottles in the crawl space.
1: That's a good question. I don't know that hmm. actually. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, um,
0: I guess it was a hobby back in the day.
1: It must have been. Right. It must have been. But that's that's where I say hesitate throwing stuff out because that glass we had to clean it out based on the inspection and and put down vapor barrier you know because of the crawl space and. So we cleaned it out and just threw the glass away, um, not knowing, thinking if there's any sort of history involved with it. But, you know, fast forward a number of years, a neighbor down the street mentioned to me that, and he bought his house in a similar situation, you know, albeit 20 years prior to us. Uh, and and he said he went to the, the town, the Historical Society, and found some old maps. And he said, the interesting part on the map is that your house was labeled as a speakeasy. Um,
0: uh, what? What? Wow! And I
1: said, "Really? That's fascinating." So I think, and I don't know for sure. I think that all that glass mm. was from the speakeasy. I well, think yeah. that's
0: that seems I, like that seems like that could be the case, right? Or I mean, and the guy could have had a drinking problem, but it seems it, like there was there was some drinking going on at that place. Right. Wow!
1: Right. And so now I would, I I wish that I at least searched through that glass to see what was there, what kind of history, mm. um, was there, you know, obviously you can't find a lot in, in broken glass, broken bottles, but I, you know, it kind of pieces the story together a little bit more in my mind.
0: Mm. Wow. That's, that's something that's kind so, of a fun, a fun little tidbit of history.
1: Yes. Yes. I think it's, I think it's interesting. My, my kids find it fascinating because in all honesty, none of us drink. My wife and I don't drink at all. And so they said, it's kind of ironic that a house where people don't drink is, it was a speakeasy. <laughs> and
0: so, yep. But, no, that's funny.
1: So, yeah, so that's, that's part of it. The next, the, the other thing, um, you know, kind of stemming off that salvage possibility or mindset, so to speak is, Is our so our our pantry that we that I've completely rebuilt? It's a good size walk in pantry. A lot of the boards on the pantry used to make the shelving were were pulled from the old bathroom. Um, Mm. which initially I walked in, it it looked as if it was tongue and groove pine walls, floor to ceiling, tongue and groove pine is what I thought. Mm. A very dark and dingy bathroom. Um, so we've completely renovated, gutted that, and renovated it. But as, as I was taking down the the paneling. I realized that it was tongue and groove cherry, three quarter inch cherry. Wow. And and I don't know why you would put that in a bathroom, but you know, that's that's a question for a different day. <laughs> um, and so we so what what we did is is salvage that cherry, um, albeit very selective because of being in a bathroom. Hmm. Um and cleaned it up, sanded, restained, and used that to use kind of as the highlights in our pantry. Hmm. Um on the shelving and, and in the kitchen, we've got a nice wood backsplash in a part of our kitchen that we've done that, that is the, that is the cherry. And it kind of speaks to that story of what the house was, Yeah, you know, even though that bathroom is, was obviously not original to the house, um, hmm. was done at a later date, but it's still, that's part of the history of the house is.
0: Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm glad you reused that.
1: So and it's, it's been fun. It's been, it's very cost effective too. I'll say that.
0: That's true. It does save, it does save money, but it does, it does keep the spirit of the house, like you say. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other lessons that I get, or stories, I guess you could stem from or take it from don't be in too big of a hurry. I guess Mm. if you know, I guess there's a fine line to walk there right between let's get it done and move in versus doing, making short sighted decisions. Um, And so you know, some of the things that we did initially to get in have we've gone back and, and redone those, um, you know, just cosmetic things that we've that we've redone because it just doesn't work for the way we thought we would live and then the way we live. Mm. Um, lighting is a big factor, has been a big, you know, light fixtures and things. We we go in thinking, OK, we'll re- use the room in this manner and then we realized, you know, we're never going to use the room like that. It'll be it'll be completely different. And so we've had to move and adjust lighting and, and electrical around just to, to accommodate what we, how we use it now. Mm. And so not being in such a hurry kind of caused us that extra effort, I guess you could call it.
0: Yeah. So can you give an example of how you thought you'd be using it versus how you do use it?
1: So... As, as we go up, uh, you know, it's a two story house. And as we go up the stairs at the top of the stairs, um, we call it a landing, but it's got, it's got a little bit of a sitting area, a good sized window upstairs. It's kind of the, it's a typical, you know, half story in an older home, the sloped ceilings that start about five feet high on the outside wall and, and go up. So there's a little bit of a landing. We thought we would never really use that space much and, and put in just two light fixtures up there. And just over the weekend as I was just this past weekend in all honesty, I was working there and realized this is very dark. Uh, even with the two light fixtures it's very dark for for what we want to do up there. That's, you know, planned to be kind of the the homework nook for the kids, kind of a lounge type space that's a little private because it's upstairs away from the public areas. But so I had to over the weekend I had to I added in Four different light fixtures, additional light fixtures, hmm. just to make sure that the lighting was where we wanted to, um, wanted it and where we needed it, where we'd use it. And so, you know, s- situations like that, that's been a big one. Yeah. The other, the other, the other thing I can, I can say is understanding, you know, with that in mind, I guess is that inside our, at at our stairs, actually, there was a door that went up to the stairs going upstairs. And we thought, Oh, that makes sense. Separate the public and the private, you know, downstairs and upstairs, mm-hmm. keep the door there. Um, and so we went through all this effort to keep the door, the door intact and, uh, had started, you know, finishing around the door, redoing trim and fixing the door up. And then over, I forget how long, but, um, that door is now out because it was in the way. We realized that this just does not work. Mm. Um the way we live, the way we thought we would live and then the way we actually live didn't work, so we pulled the door out and it's now so much more functional, so much better of a space, of a transition area between the two rooms because that door is not there.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, you know, we would have never thought that moving in, but it's only after the fact that we learned that.
0: Yeah. So you would recommend that people live in their house for a while if they can before they do major changes?
1: I say that with a little hesitation, but yes,
0: yeah. I would. Well, I know. I mean, we're always impatient to do something, right? But, yeah, yeah. And for me, if I don't do it right away, or when I feel oh. like the time is right, then it could be twelve years later,
1: right? And it's right.
0: still still not done too. So there's still. that that side of things, but. Um, yeah. has your, has your experience owning this house changed you as an architect, would you say?
1: I think it has in in all honesty. I think it has because, and, and especially since we're doing a lot of the work ourselves. Um, and so I think it's given me a, a hands-on approach that's not, not necessarily taught in school and, and that you don't get the chance to practice on a daily basis as an architect. A lot of times we unfortunately end up sitting behind a desk and, and computer drawing and designing, which is which is great. That's what we've gone to school to do. But at the same time, um, having hands-on knowledge, I think is something that, that a lot of architects either lack or just don't have as much experience as, as would be helpful. Mm-hmm. And so it's given me a a great perspective in the you know, helping people out, doing the same type of a project, the same t- same type of a renovation or or addition or whatever it may be.
0: Do you have any final thoughts for people?
1: I guess, I guess my my big thought, and and I'm thinking to my pantry with the the stuff that we have have done, the cherry that we've recycled and repurposed, is almost a make it yours type of idea. Even if it's even if you can take inspiration, you know, we've all. Admittedly, we've all looked at Pinterest or online for this is what I like. This yeah. is what I want. Right. And you can never recreate that, right? It's a, it's an image that, that looks beautiful. It looks great, but you can never 100% recreate it. And so kind of make, make your space yours using that as an inspiration. Um, make it yours. I guess it's kind of a perfect meld of... That that inspiration photo, and then the function of how you will use the space, the room, um, and and kind of blending it, and it becomes unique to you, and and at the same time, it's beautiful. I think if as you as you blend those two, and it becomes it, it like you said, it becomes a, an extension of yourself. Mm. Your house does.
0: Yeah. I mean, so. it's it's kind of, it's not something that everybody gets to do is like change a house to be theirs. A lot of people, I mean, a lot of people just live in houses without, without doing renovations or they can't, they're, they're already perfect. They buy them and they're not perfect, but they, they buy them and they're right. already done or they don't think to do it or they just let somebody else decide what to do. Uh, yeah. I think it's a great opportunity.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's a great op- I think it's a great blessing. In, in all honesty, it's it's something that not everybody has a chance to do, and you know, not everybody wants that chance either. But yeah, well, um, that's true. It's a it's a great opportunity that it's great learning experience, and in our in our in our situation, is a great chance to grow as a family, really. Mm. And so, you know, to me, that's that's you know worth more than than the house itself. But you know, it kind of makes that house. In reality, it makes that house a home. And as, as we've grown closer together through work, and still continuing to do it, we've become closer. And it's our it's our home. It's our it's our haven, really.
0: So, how can people get in touch with you or see more of your work? Are you on Instagram, Facebook,
1: your website? So we we are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. I'm not as not as active on Facebook as Instagram. Um, and even then not as active I should be as I should be but
0: um, I mean who decides how active you should be on Instagram <laughs> yeah. um,
1: but you can find us at at Haven Architecture is a, is our company name Haven Architecture based out of East Aurora New York and so we've got our website havenarchitecture.com and then you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and
0: same name yeah yeah,
1: yeah exactly
0: well it's great how'd you get that name Haven
1: It's kind of what I just, just stated is that, um, your home is your haven. It's your, your respite from uh, the craziness of the world, Mm. right? You know, you, you, you go to work every day and, and some days you feel like everybody, you're a punching bag and everybody's working against you and you should be able to come home and take a deep breath and, you know, get away from all of that. Mm. It's your haven, whether that's in the middle of nowhere or in the middle of the city, it's still your haven. Well, that's,
0: that's perfect. I wish that were the name of my architecture firm. <laughs> that's a great idea, Jake. Thank you so much for coming on. And I'm hoping that you'll send me some photos of your of the trees and of your house. And then I can put I them in, in the episode enhancements for people.
1: Yeah, I will do that. And it's been great. I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Well, so. it's been
0: fun. It's been fun. Yeah. You, you obviously love your house. So. Uh,
1: well, thank you. We do. We do. So.
0: Thanks for listening. I hope you subscribe to this podcast. If you don't, please head over to wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. And if you have time to write a review, that would be so helpful. Please contact me for any reason at the housemaven at I love to hear from people. You could also join my Facebook group, which is Talking Home Renovations Together. And I'm on there with a bunch of people who I've also been on the show, have been guests on the show and other architects and homeowners and contractors. And so we can just talk about whatever issues people might have right there in the Facebook group. If you're on Clubhouse, come join me 10 a.m. Eastern Saturday mornings. There is so much information on my website, which is TalkingHomeRenovations.com. Head over there for transcripts, episode enhancements, other information. You want to be a guest, that's where you'll find that information in the application this podcast is a member of Gable Media, which is the largest AEC network on the planet. Check out the other content on the network at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. This podcast is a production of my architecture firm, Demios Architects, where we believe architects are for everyone. Until next time, take care.